Hello, this is Angelique, and you're listening to We're Booked Up, a segment of the Gaston Speaks podcast where Kendall, Andrew, and I discuss books. For this episode, we'll be discussing Kindred, a classic speculative fiction novel by Octavia Butler. There will be spoilers for the novel. If you haven't read the book, I think it best I give a trigger warning for potential readers that this book is largely set in the antebellum South and depicts slavery, racism, and sexual violence. So please take care with yourself before continuing. But first, what have we been reading or watching? I listened to Spare by Prince Harry. Mm. I have no desire to read that, but you go ahead. I really like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was it was an interesting comparison because I am also kind of reading or listening to Crying in H Mart and both novels are about grief and losing your mother and dealing with that and I mean, I have a pause on crying in H Mart because I'm waiting for um, my overdrive to or Libby to send me the book back. But Spare, it was not what I was expecting. And it was actually quite lovely. Well, he is your cousin. <laughs> very, very, uh, very, very distant. Sub- alleged. <laughs> Allegedly. I don't even know if that's true. That's what we tell people, Kendall. I know. <laughs> that you are related. Like 11 times back way, backwards. Like, we're supposed seriously, to be someone mentioned I was like, oh, my friend Kendall's like their cousin. Like, I, I just tell I people that. <laughs> I know. We're like the same. I, it probably explains why I was never obsessed with them. Because <laughs> you are them. <laughs> because I can sense on some molecular level that we are kin. <laughs> that's never stopped royals before, though. Yeah, I know, true, but, it, true. but I'm an American. <laughs> it <Yeah>. stops me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I listened to that, and I thought it was I thought it was lovely. I I would give it five stars. I got a little bit bored during the military parts, but meh. I'm just thinking about uh, he he's like the one person that not one person, but he is a person who has been to both poles. He has been to the North Pole and yeah. the South Pole. I'm like that's quite interesting. Yeah. He's had a lot more experience. Or has more ex- has had more experiences than I would have expected from a sheltered royal. You think about though that royal family. I mean, they the Commonwealth, they mm-hmm. travel all over the world. Like Prince mm-hmm. Anne is in New Zealand right now because it's part of the Commonwealth. They still travel to all of those former colonies, mm-hmm. essentially that are now independent countries because mm-hmm. they're still so tied back to those economies and those cultures. So like there, you'll find them all the time traveling, and like they'll ha- they'll host the Commonwealth of all those nations like once a year in London. So you have people from all over Africa, the Caribbean, the South Pacific, and the, all those leaders from those world those countries come in because they're still connected. Mm-hmm. So they they get around, they travel a lot. It's not just like what you think of as Britain. They are all over the world, which is kind of cool. So I had no idea because Harry and Meghan have been my first real introduction into really. I'm going to say the monarchy because prior to that, it's all European history. Yeah. And I just, I just, I don't know. History is not my jam. I mean, it's like, okay. Anyway, um, so uh, Crying in H. Mar- oh, it's just been a lot of like between that book that was heavy in grief and trauma and PTSD and coping plus Crying in H. Mart, which is about grief. And then Kindred, which is about grief and trauma and PTSD trauma. Yeah, yeah. and gener- intergenerational issues. Uh I went heavy and I'm in YA. Like I'm in YA now. Binge or yeah, something. like I, I, I'm in YA land. Yeah. So, not, yeah, that's where I am. I'm listening to Nicola Yoon. Uh, Bonnie Turpin, my favorite audiobook narrator, is yeah, one of the narrators in, on this book that that's I didn't cool. realize. It was a happy surprise. It was meant to be. 
What are you? What about you? Oh, uh, so um, I have started reading Daisy Jones and the Six, mm-hmm. which is the Taylor Jenkins reads. I loved Malibu Rising. I know you did. Um, and and no one else in my book club liked it, but I liked it. And so um, I, I had started the audiobook of it, which is all these different people, and it was just a little too much. So I got the book instead, and I'm I'm enjoying it a little bit more. But um, I, that new Hulu series is coming out in early March, so I kind of wanted to read it leading up to it. Um, kind of had an almost famous vibe. And I, I love that movie. And then, um, f- and then the the book club books, the Megan Miranda one. That I think I talked about last time. I have not started it. It'll happen Sunday before book club, which is <laughs> how that happens normally. So anyway, and then for watching, um, I was trying to think what did I watch recently. I, I'm, I've been in like a, there's been too much going on, so I haven't done a lot of new stuff. But I went through two screeners that I loved. One was called All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. It's nominated for the best documentary feature. I've been on a documentary kick lately. Mm. Documentary feature Oscar. And it's about it's a two-part thing. It's about the basically the story of this Nan Golden, who is this famous um, artist who um, was famous for pho- photographing and, and being an artist around the AIDS crisis in New York. But she also herself, she talked about her personal story and her personal struggle with addiction. But then she's also the activist. Have I talked about this before on this podcast? I feel like no. I've talked. No. Okay. She's uh-huh. also the activist that has led the, the march to remove the Sackler name um, because of the opioid crisis. They're the ones who did OxyContin, the, the family that created, the company created it. Um, from So the, the Sackler family put their name on a lot of like art institutions. And so a lot of her art are in these institutions. Oh. So she's the one that we're like, if you go back, if you ever watch the series Dope Sick, they're the ones that are doing like the protests in the, like in those museums to remove the Sackler name. Um, not the money, the money's there, but to remove the name so that that legacy doesn't continue. So it's a very interesting like dichotomy. Um, I've watched it once, but when it got nominated, I was like, I really want to watch that again because it's kind of memory-based and it kind of goes back and forth and I felt like I missed stuff. So I watched it a second time and I really, really liked that one. And then I finally um, finished, I had started it, but I hadn't finished, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, the remake that's on Netflix that just won the BAFTA for Best Film. Um, I realized I realized I start a lot of things and then I drift off and then I don't finish them because that's happened now like three times and I realize I'm like I don't think I ever finished that so I'm at Netflix and there was like 45 minutes left it's a long movie mm-hmm. it's like oh okay and so I hit play it is brutal but it is very well made so I mean that's like that's on Netflix that's easy for everyone to get to so but anyway it's not made for like eight Oscars oh my gosh um a lot of the technical stuff cinematography mm-hmm. the sound the production design and then the it is not made for best picture so what about you Ace um, a lot of YouTube, a lot of TikTok. I didn't, I didn't read much beyond this book because it's kind of heavy. Yeah, it's a heavy book. It's heavy. It's a heavy book. It um, really is. I did watch the first episode of that new show, um, Animal Control. Oh, is it good with Joe McHale? No, no, it's oh, not that okay. great. Okay, it's kind of boring. Uh, yeah, I was excited about that one. I mean, you maybe you'll like it. I just I didn't like it. Oh, okay. Maybe it needs to get like. Sometimes many episodes in before it finds pilots it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And they kind of fix it. Like, they still show the pilot, but then by the second episode, you know, it's the pilot they test screen, and then they'll fix stuff before mm-hmm. they shoot the second one. So maybe, maybe, I'll try it. I'll see. I'll let you know. I'll let you get, like, six episodes in and come back for a review, Andrew. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I did that with Ghosts. I, I had not gotten into it. And then when I got into it, now I'm obsessed. Oh, it's such a good so show. Oh, good. It's such a good show. But it was like, I don't know. I don't whatever. And I, it got good reviews, but it was actually my mom who was like, and I didn't think she would like it. It's not normally her thing. She's like, oh, I love that show. I was like, okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. I was like, oh my God, I love that show. Which one? This is the American one. And See, yeah. 
I still need to go back and see the British. I still have to watch the American one. Oh, gotcha. It's it's good. But the, it's good. the British one's so good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We ready to start the book? Let's do this. Yeah. All right. I'll read the synopsis and then we'll get to the rating. So me and Kendall. Well, me Kendall. We have a different book, right? Do we really? Yeah. I don't <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, I have the same okay. book you have, Ace. I don't have. Kindle. Oh, that is a different book. I mean, I knew I have a different. I, I didn't know if my. I wondered. I was like, was different. "Did you just check that out and bring it in?" That was actually Kindred. Well, it's a beautiful cover. I, my I love cover. That cover. I'm pretty yeah, sure the wonderful. synopsis is different because it's only like one paragraph on the back of the trade paperback. Oh, maybe I'll just read mine. Or read, your, read yours. No, you can. You read yours first. Okay. 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 We'll rate them. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, a 20th century black woman, is celebrating her 26th birthday with her new husband when she is snatched from her home in California and transported to the antebellum south. Rufus, the white son of a plantation owner, is drowning, and Dana has been summoned to save him. Repeatedly drawn back through time, and with each day growing longer and more perilous, Dana is forced to contend with the brutal legacy of slavery and white supremacy, not knowing if her life will end long before it has a chance to begin. Hmm. Sorry, anytime I have to give like do any kind of performing like reading, I get nervous. Okay. <laughs> it's wouldn't... just us. What are you doing? I Go know, but I immediately started laughing. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm us. sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. It's, it's... Should I read this quote or do I skip it? Because I think that's what it made me skip, laugh. Because it's traumatic it. and horrible. <laughs> okay. So funny. <laughs> you said it's traumatic and horrible, and then you're laughing. So. I know. It's like a hysterical laughter. It's a really bad reaction. Did you I laugh didn't. at funerals? I did. Actually, I laughed at your, your aunt's funeral. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if Angelique told you, but like right before we went in, I had a mini panic attack. Like I saw the... Because you walk in and she was just right there. Yeah. And I turned to Angelique and I started like hysterically. Oh, no. Like, you laugh at funerals? Okay. You're one like, of those. I, no, that's a thing. It's, we it's, there a, it's like, an actual reaction. We yeah. were there like five minutes, seven yeah. minutes before... <laughs> He actually walked in the room. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes you, that's that's how you react to stuff. I do. It's horrible. No, no a lot of people do. It's an, it's a it's, it's a nervous like a, reaction. It's a yeah, yeah. It's like a psycho reaction. I mean, you're not psycho. But anyway, read the thing. Let's go for. It. I am a little. To be fair, okay. <laughs> I won't read the quote because apparently it's gonna make me laugh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay. Dana is a black woman whose torment begins on her 26th birthday when she suddenly vanishes from her home in California and is dragged through time and across the country to Antebellum, Maryland, in order to save, in order to rescue a boy named Rufus, heir to a slave owner's plantation. That is the longest sentence. I didn't take that a deep enough sentence? breath. That was one sentence? Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay. That was not Butler writing that. I can tell you no. that, was, that was a... Soon, she soon realizes the purpose of her summons to the past, protect Rufus to ensure the assault of her own black ancestor so that she may one day be born. As she endures the traumas of slavery and soul-crushing normalization of savagery, Dana fights to keep her autonomy and somehow return to the present. Blazing the trail for neo-slavery narratives, Octavia Buckler, I said Buckler, I'm sorry, Butler, takes one of speculative fiction's oldest tropes and infuses it with lasting depth and power to explore the reality and legacy of slavery. Dana, a memorable protagonist, not only experiences the cruelties of slavery on her skin in her dramatic visits to the plantation, but also grimly learns to accept it as a legacy of her own existence in the presence. Present. Yeah. That's spot on, actually, that description. Yeah. 
But it, it's as heavy as it sounds. Yeah, if you're going to read this mm-hmm. book, take that, take Kendall's um, synopsis. Yeah, I agree. As what the book is about. Yeah, before I you, agree. That yeah. that was this one is the straight paper, so yeah. they probably had to shrink yeah. it down. But that that hit the nail on the head. Yes. Um, yeah, especially for me and Rufus and Alice's story. Yeah. Because oh. my brain is so wired to love stories and the idea that. Love stories can happen beyond the, you know, the, uh, the barriers, the barriers of, yeah. and stuff like that. To know going in that nope, in no way, shape, or form is Alice consensual in no. this relationship. Yeah, like it sets the scene totally. very yeah clearly for like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think my description was better. My I, reading I, was horrible. <laughs> Sorry. The description though is that description. Was that was the original. Yeah. I guess it was probably wasn't the original printing, but it's it's a probably a. Who knows? Because it came out in the 70s, didn't it? Yes, yeah, 70... Because it was set in 76. Yes, yeah, so that's 79, okay. I think. And in my mind, because I did, I forgot that, like, I would think that... It, and then she says something like, when they say, where are you from? I'm from 1976. And, like, trying to explain it to Rufus. It's like, oh, that's right. This It still was modern when it was... But it's now almost, you know, over 40 years old. I also so. had to remind myself yeah. a couple times that the book, it wasn't just that the author was trying to write as if she was from 1970s. This is actually someone living in the 1970s writing this book. Right, right. Anyway, sorry. Which I, I think also is important for It the doesn't story feel too. dated. It really yeah. does No, it doesn't. But it also explains... 70s was not that long after the Civil Rights Movement. I had yeah. the same thought. And for an interracial couple, I mean, Loving that Virginia was, was what? 68-ish? Yeah. So this is, this was, it was a lot, it's a lot more connected back to that history than is, I mean, not that right now we're not still dealing with some of these things, obviously. But yeah, it, it definitely made even more of a, an impact when I realized that mm-hmm. part. But that was all. Sorry. Sorry. I know we no, got no, off no, track. Rating. rating. Let's do it. Rating. Uh, I'll go first. Um, a three. Three? Yeah. Let you. I was four and a half. I was a four. Three, seven, five to four. Um, and I'll explain. I, there are parts of it that I thought were a five. Mm-hmm. There was one part of it that I I didn't think worked as well. So um, it, it brought it a little bit down. But yeah, mine was a four-ish. Hmm. For most of it, it wasn't. But when I really, when I got to the end, I kind of absorbed it all. It, it, it and, you know, it was one of those, it, it ta- it's a very deep, there's a lot of depth and she writes it very simplistically, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of depth. So sometimes you don't see it or as you're reading it, and then when you close it and 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> oh, like it hits. And that's that's one of those. So that it lingers with you, but the more it lingers with you, to me, the more impactful it becomes as a novel. So that's so. what actually increased mine to four mm. and a half, because I probably mm. would have started at just a four, but yeah. then thinking about it, thinking about its themes, its motifs, how it still is relevant, relevant today, mm. yeah. how it this discussion like Marcus and Marcus ended up reading this at the same time as I, uh, as me through oh, cool. Hoopla. Side note, it was available on Hoopla. Oh, that would have been not, I would have <laughs> like audiobook and yeah, nice. I know, so. Okay, I didn't know that. I know. Anyway, so he ended up through his own path ended ah, up reading gotcha. this book and so we ended up having a, a conversation about yeah. it and i don't think we've discussed a book since college okay no um, <laughs> i was, I was gonna say the hunger games i think the hunger games he, he's the reason i read the hunger games gotcha anyway okay so first question what's our question first question did you like how butler began the book as sort of at the end with the prologue I don't remember the prologue. 
That's actually a good point. The first thing I remember is her wake, like the, in the hospital, and Kevin comes in. Yeah. Is that yeah. the? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost, yeah. I lost yeah, I did, my arm. I did, on the did last like trip that. Home. My, my left. Yeah. I did like that because if you hadn't have had that, it would have been incredible. That was to me the part I didn't think worked as well was the science fictiony part because it was kind of jarring to me. And I mean, it was supposed to be jarring, but it was just kind of like all of a sudden. And, and, but that kind of led me into, okay, something's, something's going to happen. And it kind of helped me prepare for it a little bit better. Cause the first time she jumped, I, I didn't quite, it, it just took me a while to settle into that time travel part of it. And then I did, but that was the one part that I didn't think is her historical part and all those themes that we're about to talk about. Whew, knit the nail on the head but the science I didn't feel like it was as much a science fiction novel so I don't think she thought of it too much as a science I know we I think that people have people have made it I mean we put it in sci-fi you hear all the one of the great sci-fi novels and I I didn't maybe it's my mindset I didn't really see as much of that so I think she's she Octavia Butler is a science fiction author and And actually Marcus is now reading Parable of the Sower and he's telling me about it and that does sound like science like it's set in 2025 and it has all this stuff and so it makes sense and then the time travel element but then I'm trying to react to multiple things in my head sorry so to um, to answer I'm gonna go with Andrew so you were talking about the science fiction the I didn't actually finish reading the um, reader's guide at the end because I didn't realize it was in this book as well gotcha. but I thought it was just in the um, Libby version anyway but it was actually incredibly helpful in I'm gonna use Angelique's phrase and helping me process what I read and okay. one of the things it talked about was there is not a lot of science fiction in fact the only thing that probably would qualify as science fiction as her going through time. Yeah. And the way he described it, the um the reader's guide author, Robert yeah. Crossley. Okay. I'm gonna go with Crossley. We um he described it as she was kidnapped out of time. Yeah. Much like slaves were okay. kidnapped and put through the middle passage without any explanation. Yeah. It just happened. And that to me I, I would never connected have, it a lot. I better. would never yeah. have connected it, and it makes so much sense to it do also, it that way. It's good to know that because I, I do think because of her other work, we do think of her as a science fiction author. Mm-hmm. But this one wasn't. That was not the main point of it. Agreed. No. And so that's good to know now because because I did kind of was like I thought she was a sci-fi author. So a lot of her other mm-hmm. stuff is more what we think of as traditional sci-fi. Mm-hmm. This one was a little more the speculative, but more the 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 historical part of it. So mm-hmm. it's okay. Okay, that's good. See. The more we're processing it as we're talking about it, it makes so much, makes it even more depressing, actually. And then to answer your question, Angelique, I actually really love it when things start kind of in the middle. I Mm. like having to piece stuff back together. I Also, for me, it was helpful because I knew, I kept looking in the book, is this the time where she loses her arm? And it was building up to the dramatic loss of her arm for me. So in a way, it was... In a way, it was good and bad, and but it caused me a lot of anxiety because I was like, what's the next thing that's going to happen to her that's going to be even more traumatic? Right. And I, I I would have to like – we talked about how we would have to put our, the book down. Yeah. Or I yeah. definitely did. And sometimes yeah, I would have to be like, okay, if it's going to get worse than this, do I really want to keep going? Is this right. something I want to really digest right now? But I did. And... I would argue that it's something that – it's one of those that whether you want to or not, everyone needs to. Yeah. I agree. So, um, but you know, we, in that James Patterson novel, that was one of the things where they kept going back to like the ending mm-hmm. where she they were going to kill the, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This has been done so much better than that. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> black, the death of a black widow definitely needed to be in chronological order. This one it was. This one worked yeah. really well, not being that. Way. This yeah. one, yeah, I agree. All right, what did you? What? How about you? Did I get the sense that you don't enjoy it? No, I was fine with it. I, okay. I was just so for me. Um, Sometimes, like, when I was reading, I was doing the same thing you were, like, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Because I was always, it makes a certain, like, it gets more suspense. Because mm-hmm. is this, it, was it the actual end of the the situation? Or was it just somewhere in the middle? And then we'll have to go on from that point. I thought it was going to be in the middle. Yeah. I'm kind of relieved it was at the yeah. end. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Because otherwise. Yeah. And I, um, when I was in college, I took a... a I need to take like a seminar and it was actually a slave history seminar with this wonderful professor, Dr. Andrea Williams, who is now at UPenn. But um, we read a lot of like slaves. So we read like Harriet Jacobs and maybe that was a different class, but the the slave narratives. And we read like Frederick Douglass and that kind of stuff. So I, I have read and, and a lot of these types of things. But even when you've done that and you know about this brutality, every new story just it, it's because it's different. That's what happened to them is different than what happens to Dana. Mm-hmm. And every new time, it's just like a fresh, like, just, you know, bam. Yeah. Fre- yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even though I I, I feel like I've I, I'm probably, I, I've read more of that kind of, you know, those those kind of stories than probably a lot more the most av- you know, average person out in the world, um, it doesn't make it less sh- you know, shocking. You haven't been desensitized. No, good. I've not been desensitized to it. No. So, um. All right. Um, next question. What did you think of Dana? I felt for Dana. Yeah. The whole, like, I have to keep Rufus alive because it's, if he doesn't, I don't live. But then knowing the horribleness of this, like, Mm -hmm. having to, having to survive all the things that she survived physically and the absolute grotesqueness of, uh, and brutality of American slavery, which we could go on a whole topic of that, was bad enough. But knowing, like you talked about, knowing the non-consensual, but mm-hmm. knowing that it's her family history, that, mm-hmm. you know, I have to save this person if I want to be alive in 1976. That's just a whole nother layer that, so I just, I, the whole time I just felt for her. She was strong. She was, despite everything she was thrown through, she always looked ahead. And I think that there's, there's something about that that's just noble, but man, it was just, I just felt for her. It was just awful. She wasn't awful. The experience was awful for her. I really liked her. Her ability to tap into her compassion. Mm. And like in the even in the description and this beginning uh, summary thing where it was like she's still struggling to, you know, maintain her identity from 1976. She knows what she knows. Um, I really I really liked I, I, I keep thinking about like when she turned to Kevin and was like, I don't something about I don't think I can survive this and he thinks he's his response was like well clearly you are a survivor and then her like survival what's the word instinct uh ability to persevere it is incredible because I can guarantee you like I I thought about this I was like if this happened to me I think I would let my lineage die except now that I've had kids I would I would probably try to find it but in that's, me, but that's a heavy yeah. it's it's it, everything else is heavy you're transported all of a sudden you're 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 in this horrible world for someone who's a black woman in 1850 i mean you know mm-hmm. but then to know those things it's also, just it's a it's a lot to put 
I also love how human she was because she's, you know, she still cared for Rufus yeah. as complicated and, you know. She, still, her, still her family. It's still where she comes from. You yeah. Know? To me, because she cared for Rufus, it made him more of a real human person. Yeah. It made, you know, it, it, it her need to constantly save him. Um, even though, you know, knowing she that he she's saving someone who's going to do horrible things. But even, you know, I think Butler does take moments to build the complexity of Rufus mm-hmm. because she, he does talk about how horrible her, his father was to him. And, you know, like, so that builds, you're not sympathetic to Rufus in the sense of, and like you said, she still finds a way to be compassionate to him. Mm-hmm. But but Butler builds it. He's not just pure evil. There are a lot of, there are layers yeah. to Rufus as well. So she takes that time to do that, which I think helps us understand where Dana's coming from. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't justify what he does, Mm-mm. but you under but you you see those layers. You see that there's the talking about generational trauma. He's been through some trauma too. It made me realize, like it made me realize just how much Rufus really was. This is gonna make me sound a victim of the system. It really this the, the that teaches you that this is how it's supposed to yeah. be. This is okay to act like, like he this. learned this it. This is from okay his, yeah. to treat these people as if they're property because that's what you were taught. Um. And how do you break that? You know, could Dana break that cycle? She couldn't. She did, mm-hmm. but she didn't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it. it I, I give Butler credit for it. Wasn't just the father was like pure evil, right? But Rufus, you you saw other sides to him. I, you know, I I almost don't even think the father was pure yeah. evil because <sighs> like did. he's still fine. His behavior evil, yeah, yeah. definitely. But he's still. Like he believed in fairness. Yes. Yeah, like the promise that Rufus made. Is that not the most mind-boggling? Yeah. He believes in fairness, and that—that that to me is like that's how I, I, I can see the system at work. The fact that he believes in fairness, and yet he's still treating another human being. Because what they believe is fairness. It was completely different. Because they yeah. don't see yeah. enslaved people uh, or black people, people of color, as human beings. Right. Yeah. And so but I just – so It's I, also I important know. to remember that if Rufus is his her family, so is his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is his mother. Mm-hmm. So this is this is her, you know, the next – the generation before them, but they are technically her kin as well. So maybe that's why she – maybe that's why she tried to find some of those layers along the way to keep reminding you of that, that Dana had to keep – working that out that these are actually people that I, I am here because of these people Yeah, mm-hmm. as horrible as they may be. Yeah. When did you think about Dana? I liked her. I thought she was smart. Yes. Like the first time, like the first time after, I think maybe after the fire one where she puts out the fire, she, when she goes back, she immediately like gets a bag of things mm-hmm. that she can take Keeps with it on her. her person. Yeah. Resourceful. Puts a knife in it. Um, Yeah. She was just, she's a good character. She's strong. She's resourceful. Uh, she's smart. And, like, every time she was, like, when she was, like, at, like, a, like, kind of like a stalemate with Rufus. Like, if you hurt me, I'll hurt you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she was also smart enough to know when to be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. She made decisions that you didn't know necessarily how it was going to pan out. It wasn't, like... The world could hurt her. Let's say it like that. It wasn't like uh, Tobacco Wives, the fifteen-year-old girl. Like oh, she made, she made every decision perfectly, and I never really felt like any consequences were going to hit her. Right. But for Dana, Dana, yeah. Dana 
could experience consequences. She felt the consequences of every her cha- decisions. Every decision she made and could have that, ended yeah. this train. I mean, you know, uh-huh. could have could have ended in a completely different way. Yeah, including her existence in 1976. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting that she had the strength to kill Rufus in the end. Yeah, yeah. As much as she hated him, as much as she loved him. Because I'm uh, the other thing that they, you know they didn't really talk about in the book, and as I don't know, maybe the butter no the butterfly effect was an essay like way back when, right? Like not the movie, not Ashton Kutcher movie, <laughs> but like <laughs> I mean, time paradoxes were a thing in like yes. science fiction for a while. So yeah. like so like could her, her killing Rufus change things in the beginning? I mean, I realized that she was waiting for Hagar, but she didn't actually know what was going to happen right. to. The plantation to the children, yeah, to you know the home, the people in it. Um, it still could have changed the trajectory, the trajectory beyond of her, that. Yeah, her life. Yeah, because obviously Rufus's original ending wasn't that. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, I mean, Dana wouldn't have been there to. I don't know. Was it? Was it? Because it was a fire, like in yeah, the true. when they read in the end. Yeah. So was she always meant to go back to help facilitate? This journey. Because she's the one that kept saving him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Ugh. Maybe that's the science fiction. Tw- like, there's their twist of you don't know. It's like, like the the thing in uh, Inception. You never know whether it stops or not. Yeah. Mm. The yeah top. yeah 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 the spinny thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> like it's so fun to talk about. Like I'm sp- oh, talking about like Inception yeah. now, but like. But it's frustrating. Know. Yeah, no, there's this movie, The, the Breakup, point? with Vince Vaughn and oh, yeah, Jennifer yeah. Aniston, and there's this look at the end of the movie and where like they're walking away from each other, but they both look back, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna get back together. And Marcus is like, no, they're not. And I'm like, we've been arguing about it for I don't since know, 2006 years. when it came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the whole point of Inception was is that he was with his family, so it didn't matter whether it was real or not. He was finally in the happy place. That's what I always took from it. Well, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Side I didn't mean note: to... <laughs> If I ever had to choose between my family and reality, a la Neo in the, I would definitely choose to live in the simulation. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You think I'm going to give this up? No. <laughs> uh, as crazy it is. Okay. What did you think of Dana's relationship with Kevin? I liked how Octavia took a while. To say that he was white, I know I did too. And when it because when it hits, it's it's like oh, it's a layer that that really pulls you in. You know, Mm -hmm. she did that on purpose. She could have easily said from the beginning some comment about his color, the color of his skin. But when he became well, she did mention his eye color, which true, true, and that's kind of like a hint. But yeah, but I mean, mixed race. I mean, you know, you don't know. I mean, the the genetics are. Yeah, I wasn't sure until she said that. But when he she said that, I liked because all of a sudden now he was a part of it, and so it was important to note that. And I Mm -hmm. thought that that was really well done. Um, He's another one though. I mean, when he got stuck and his struggles to come out of it, that was that was tough. Again, it was this, and and that's what you. I mean, I get what she's that that you feel for these characters. She makes it so that you have an emotional stake as you're reading about him. And the whole time I I worried about poor Kevin. I mean, it was, Mm -hmm. and he should have had it easier being the white male, but even he trying to come out of that world, it was definitely easier, obviously than what Dana went through, but even trying to come out of that world, still having to see what he has seen, knowing who he is in 1976 is, is just, it's still experiencing that at least part of that trauma. And it was just, so anyway, but I, I did like him. He wasn't as well, whatever it is, Dana, obviously. She was the 
but I think she did a good job of incorporating his part into her story. I liked that their relationship seemed equal. Yes. And I, I mean, yes, from the race point of view, they didn't see – he he went back into the past and was actively anti-racist, which in 1976, it's still very impressive. But also in 1976, you still have a lot of the um, – it's still very much so a part of the norm to have the man as the head of the household mm-hmm. and this is how such and such is going to act and behave and da, 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 da. and that I did not get that vibe from Kevin vibe from Kevin. Well, there you was did. that thing where the, he wanted her to type up all of his. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> tr- and she was mad about it. Yeah, yeah. she did not that like it, that. And he got mad true. when she like refused. So yeah. that was a little. I mean, if that's the worst. Oh, I know. That's not as I mean, I know. But also, also, there's kind of like this. I've I've read about it before about where like a lot of like academics and writers would get their wives yeah. to type up everything, and they would get no credit for it, even if right. they even if they were actually doing some of the work in the process. Yeah. So. Well, there were some where they wrote books and they had to use male names, so they had to use their husband's name in order to publish it yeah. because a female published book wouldn't have sold and that yeah. kind of stuff. That goes all that goes way back. Then that. Okay, that makes it a little bit more timely that like of the time, 1970s yeah. for me, because it, it was almost like he was futuristic. But he's still, I mean, so which is weird because it was written in the 70s. So I know this was blowing my mind here. <laughs> so, yeah. That's how far ahead Octavia Butler yeah. was operating. Why this book is still relevant because she was so ahead of her time. So there's this quote in the essay that's ah, from that Octavia t- Butler where she says, "I gave her that husband to complicate her life." <laughs> 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 yeah. So, which I like that because he he kind of did. He yeah. kind of complicated her life. Tell me more. Like, well, there's that. Uh, well, her relationship with her family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because neither family was happy about. It. There was the, the one aunt was okay with it, but everyone else was like totally against it. And he had family members who just like his sister was like, like stopped. Just yeah, because of that. So anyway, keep going. It's um, a good point. <laughs> it's just making me think about things in a different yeah. way, which is why I like these conversations. I know. I mean, being back in the past with him um, and having to be his property Ugh. messed with her identity a mm. lot. That would, yeah. yeah. But also maybe it, it made it her, slightly easier for her. I say might have saved her from some, yeah. some of the things, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time. That's true. It, and she loved him, clearly. She loved oh, yeah. him a lot. And then when he came back and he was just so distant and she... And she felt like, seemed like, she, I don't know how to put this. Maybe it made her feel like she wasn't home when she came back with him that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, because that it made it difficult for her to ground herself in where she was, which also wasn't helped by the fact that she didn't know when she was going to go back to. So it wasn't all on the relationship with him. But yeah. He just, he added a, a layer of complication to And it it's already understandable that he was traumatized. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Because for her, it was like being in the present was days and for him. Because this all happened in 1976 between like two weeks. So even though she was in the past for like eight months at a time, like especially like before, I don't know. that got, It got more every time. It got, it got yeah, longer yeah. every time. But he was there for five years yeah. not knowing if he'd ever go back. And so like. And then when you that, do, it's only that two really, weeks. That yeah. really would. That really would traumatize, like, change the dynamics in the. I don't know if the dynamics. He was, he the tra- was acting. 
I'm just trying to think of what to say. Like, like it, the coma. it changes the person, yeah. but then you come back and you expect the yeah the coma analogy. I get yeah, where you're going. Yeah. You expect the relationship to be the same, but, but then it's been years, it's been years for right. him and minutes for her, or not minutes, but like not quite as long. It's for like her. eight days. It was eight days for her. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then, then there was a time that when she got there to when he came, he showed up, which was probably like several weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but still. I, I keep I, I'm now thinking about how she talked about how quickly and easily it was for her, and I'm assuming Kevin to adopt the mentality of the time because there there were no rights or protections or safeguards for her Mm-mm. as a woman as a person yep. as a, <laughs> their yeah. own legal entity, and how like easy it was to just f- fall into that system and be just be a part of the system yeah because even the free th- there were still very few rights you may not have been a slave but mm-hmm. as a as a freed african i mean there there were even in the north which was the you know land of freedom or whatever i mean alice was born free right yeah. but then she rejected rufus mm-hmm. understandably mm-hmm. and so he she took was that married. away from her right. yeah yeah. Well, uh, what's that? The the movie Twelve Years a Slave that was the book Solomon Northup. I mean, that whole thing was he was a free man and was recaptured or was captured. He was he was and then sent into slavery and it took him twelve years to get out of it to get back to his family and his wife had remarried and you know that mm-hmm. so th- that is just because you were free you never knew when that would end um, at that time and even in like the Compromise of eighteen fifty the, the the fugitive slave law so you know northern we're supposed to send them back and it became such a tension and all that kind of stuff. It never, and, you know, it just, there really wasn't freedom hmm. even for freed, for freed African-Americans. So now what I'm thinking about back to your question is what is their relationship like Kevin and Dana's like two years after this has happened, three years after yeah. this has happened. Well, like, I mean, they'll have like a shared trauma. Oh yeah. But that, could, that could end up. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, they, they briefly touched on the fact that, you know, they at the end, after it was all said and done, they went to Maryland to look for the house oh, and yeah, to see what yeah. happened and to find out. And I thought it was interesting that for her it was just as much of a homecoming, yeah. she said, that as it was for her to return to 1976. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And he was with her, which was, mm-hmm. you know, significant that so, he hadn't, he hadn't. You know, I wonder what, I, I do, I, I don't know. Thank you, Angelique. You made me think more. This book makes me think, and that's why it's so highly rated for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. What about her relationship with Rufus? Mm. We kind of touched on that a little Mm. bit. I'm glad it was – I thought it was really smart of Octavia Butler to start the relationship as Rufus as a child. Yes. Because she could – it's – she could – she, Dana, could impact Rufus starting young, and that created this kind of relationship. It's weird because it almost had like a – at times it was like at first it was like a mother-son mm-hmm. really or an aunt relationship, and then it was like a brother-sister relationship, and then it was clearly, you know – Obsessive. Obsessive, yeah, yeah probably, on yeah. Ru- on Rufus's part. Yeah. And um, I, I – it was just – 
it just makes me think. I can't even talk about it. Sorry, I'm going back into my head. Someone else talk. <laughs> yeah, just the complexities of what she built into those ca- those two characters, and the complexities and dynamics that she built into. You could literally talk for an hour and dissect all of those different things and all of their interactions and everything. But I think that just proves that she did not want this. She wanted us to truly think about this intergenerational trauma and to truly think about the impact of how these actions and how these things that happened even centuries ago still affect us. And so I think, I I just think she did such a good, as disturbing as it could be, such a good job of just building those layers and, and, and building those characterizations till, till it's ultimate, you know, climax peak. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know how to put it into words, kind of like, I don't know how to just say, but it's just, God bless this woman can write. Cause it's messed up somewhat, like, because Rufus, I feel like, was probably extra precarious, uh, extra dangerous with his life because I think somewhere he was like, she's going to save me. Mm-hmm. She'll just come out. She could see, he could see her, like, coming. coming. Like, yeah, yeah. He, I, there was some way, like, connection. And so I feel like he was probably, he was, I don't know, it was just careless with himself because he felt like he could be, in, like, he was invincible. I think that's part of what kept him... She was an extension of him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in a weird way, because they're related, she is an extension is. of yeah. him. And that's something I kind of wish, like, as, Al, you know, once Alice, pa- like, passed, once she passed away, I wish Dana had been like, why do you think we look so alike? You know I'm coming from 1976. You're not a child anymore. I am your lineage. But she didn't. And I, I, I am curious why that didn't get brought up or do you guys know why that might not have been i mean it, other than just keeping up with what she had you know yeah. not wanting to do anything that that may have been something that would have yeah. broken the line i i don't know that that was just she just kind of up to that point had not done that so maybe it was just i don't want to do that i don't want to cross that that line marcus said that it was like not even a thought in dana's head like or maybe mm. even in butler's head or maybe it, for dana it was such a division yeah. like H- Hagar is my family. Right. Maybe Rufus is not. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> this is why you should read the book and then comment so that you can help us process yeah. all yes. this because there's so much depth. And I'd, this is one where I really hope the listeners come and comment so that we can continue this discussion and keep unpacking this because there's so much I to need, unpack. I need to watch like... I need to watch seminars or something. I need to go sit in some professor's class. Uh, Dr. Heather Williams at UP. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta go. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I, I to, think. Where is it? American University that has. Yeah, Ibram that you X can Kendi do. Yeah. And you can like. I want to know. Help me. But I think too that their relationship shows, and then her connection back to '76. I think that central relationship shows why, the stain of this. Of slavery mm-hmm. is something that continues to be generational, mm-hmm. and that system, the stain of that system, continues to be generational. By by combining and creating that connection between those generations, to me, it's kind of like a a, a metaphor for we. It, it, it's hard. You cannot outrun, and to this day, this country is still not outrun those that 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 legacy, um, and that stain, and and so maybe that's too whatever, but. That complexity, that relationship, to me was show to me showcase really was showcase that intergenerational trauma and how we still. So I had a girl who was in that class that I was talking about, whose grandparents 
her grandmother had passed away at like 103. At one point, their grandparent, her grandparents were the had the long record for like the longest marriage. Oh. Yeah, and then it got broke. But I mean, they, one was like 105, one was like 103. Their parents had been slaves; they were sharecroppers. Yeah. And she said this when her grandfather died. She said this week, you know, how was your weekend? Da, 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 da. Well, I had to go bury my grandfather. And we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. She goes, you know, but we're talking about in this class, we act like it's so far away. Mm-hmm. My grandparents heard from their parents. Most of you knew your great grandparents. I, she was like an uh-oh baby. And, you know, mm-hmm. so she's like, I didn't know. You knew your great grandparents. Imagine had they had been slaves. That's how close this is. We act like it's so far away and it's really, really not. And that to me is why. That relationship symbolized that that we as a society still can't. It's not that far away, and it still affects how we treat each other, and it still affects how certain people are treated. And and so anyway, that that was my that that was her metaphor for that intergenerational trauma was even in seventy six seventy six particularly. I mean, you're you're you know twelve years out of the Civil Rights and Voting Rights Act with the whole twelve and thirteen years, so it really is still. That stain is still fresh because let's face it, slavery ended in in sixty five, but in for the next hundred years, Jim Crow and the KKK and all the things, all the systematic thing until the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Act, that so so it is so fresh still in nineteen seventy six, but we're in twenty twenty three and it still resonates with us. But I think that using she used that relationship to help build that resonance. Did I just go off? That was crazy, no, right? It just, Does that make sense? No, it made sense. Okay. I, I'm thinking now because we're reading this in 2023 and we're like, oh, 1976, that was so long ago, but it really wasn't. I was telling Angelique, you know, when I was I was a kid in the 90s and learning things and it was like, oh, you know, civil rights movement, it's, it's all taken care of. It's all good now. Yeah. We're swell. But had someone told me at, you know, eight years old, hey, by the way, Ruby Bridges – the same age as your mother. Yeah. Yep. Kendall, like my mom, they were yeah. born in the same year. Like that would have been like, oh wait, this is not that far away. You know, for um, Dana, slavery wasn't that far removed. For us, the civil rights movement isn't that far removed. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ruby Bridges is still alive. As she came, she did the virtual ALA conference I went to and talked. She is still here talking about what she went through mm-hmm. um this yeah it's not exact my mom graduated from high school in 1976 so it's it's you know it's really we used to think of like 2000 was like 30 years like or 1970 was 30 years ago because mm-hmm. it was like 2000 it's mm-hmm. like it is 53 years ago yeah so yeah it's but no i mean this this that the civil rights era our parents and grandparents. It was. It was, and we. I mean, those of us who we whose family come from came from the South. They lived in yeah. you know, in it and and witnessed it and and um, so yeah, all this stuff is not as far away as we like to. We like to pretend like I think we like to believe it is because mm-hmm. we want to pretend like we're so much better and we are in a lot of ways, but we're not all the time and it's not that far away because it's not that far away. That's why. I'm just thinking, and now I realize I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> About her relationship with Rufus. Oh, we went off. Yeah. Man. That's how deep this is, man. It triggers. I said that really like hippy-dippy. Like, man, <laughs> man this triggers, man. Oh. It's not like a nom, you know, like like <laughs> veteran who's been traumatic. What is, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Rufus and Dana? I can understand her need to find the good in him. Not mm-hmm. only did she know him when he was a child, and she saw him when he was not as, not as, he was still affected, but not as affected yeah. by, like, 
growing up a slave owner's son. Mm-hmm. But, like, she kind of watched him grow up very quickly. But she watched him grow up and watched him progressively get worse. Yeah. And, and I can understand, like, like you said, he's her family line. And there might might have been, like, a part of her that wanted to find the good in him. So, I don't know. Like, when you're someone you you're close to, you're someone you're related to, turns out to be not that good of a person. Mm-hmm. It's always a little... Hard. Yeah. It feels uh, yeah. personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's like a little part of you that might be like, what if that's genetic kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that there's always that thing to defend one's family, one's legacy. You know, we, we have that, even if our family drives us crazy, I can talk about them, but you can't talk about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's that, and I think that that's, that's instinct. I mean, that's just... That's how it was with, like, Alice, too. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. her and Alice were always, like, head-to-head. But, like, separate, like, mm-hmm. Alice would defend her yeah, all the yeah. time. So. so, yeah, I think I think that you're right. Yeah. There's some recognitions of similarities in addition to them looking similar. Yeah. They had a lot of same. It's Alice and Dana. Dana had a lot of similarities. I remember similar people sometimes. Clash. Sometimes they, they work well and sometimes they clash. Because maybe she was based, she was kind of interacting with her mother. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that yeah. That, that clash felt incredibly mm-hmm. real to yeah. to family relationships, and we yeah. probably we probably can sit here and talk about our families and notice those you know mm-hmm. those clashes of those kind of things. So um, yeah. that that was honest. <laughs> That's what that was. That was. That's a great way to describe. I think. Butler's writing. It's honest. So honest. It's very simple. And there's a, it's hard to, well, I mean, I guess you can hide lies in simplicity, but then it wouldn't hold up. It's simply written like the words are simple, the sentence, you know, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not hard to understand. Right. But as you, as you, if you, listeners, as you can tell, there was nothing simple about what she was trying to tell you. Everything. She uses that to bring people in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's incredibly effective. And I think it, it is, and to help people continue to go, yeah. To can you continue to talk, like continue to think about it, continue to read, continue to move forward in the thought process and the discussion, which I don't know if she intended to, but if she if she did, she's a genius. Well, like, probably in 1979, <laughs> this was released. This is the, a lot of sci-fi readers, a lot of people who are like, oh, you know that how this got booked. These are probably the first time that people are reading about the slave experience. So she, so this, so maybe that wasn't her intention, but it's, it's, she knew she had to sit, she mm-hmm. couldn't go too complex too fast because no one had ever, plenty of people had written about, it, but not in this kind of context where more of a broad audience was going to actually, you know, digest it. So, so the um, reader's guide, yeah. cross, Crossley. Which I got yeah, to, I got to go back and read it now. Cause yeah, it's a good essay. Yeah. It is. Um, he said something um, in the very, like very quickly in the beginning about, um, the uh, oh shoot I'm gonna lose it don't lose it uh, not writing s- in a first person slave narratives anymore and he listed out like half a dozen books that mm-hmm. if the reader were interested in continuing to read about oh, the nice. experience and I was like oh the color purple's not in here because the color purple hadn't been written yet yeah <laughs> yeah like this yeah. this book is pre the color purple right. which was such a huge book probably you know you know introduction for many people into this and i experience. bet that's why this book has stood the test of time because probably because people like alice walker and others mm-hmm. read octavia butler mm-hmm. and it inspired the i mean i don't know this but i'm assuming but but you know my guess is that this 
blazed a trail for other people like Alice and so many others that now can tell these stories. Side note, I understand why she's stood the test of time, especially after hearing about Parable of the Sower, because there are the the themes in that book Mm. that was written in the 1990s or 93 are hitting hard now. Yeah. By the way, it's a taunt subject, but Color Purple, you know, they did a musical on Broadway. Uh Now they're doing a Color Purple musical movie. Oh. And the cast is fantastic, including the lead, Fantasia, who was one of the one of the Seelys on Broadway. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're bringing and Danielle Brooks, who was in the revival with Cynthia Erivo. So anyway, I know we weren't talking about, but um, little fun December twenty fifth. It's going to be the big uh, Christmas movie release this year, and um, I'm excited because uh, the music is jaw dropping. So and story, we all know the story. Yeah. We all love the the Spielberg and Whoopi Goldberg movie, of course. But but um, this is a new version of it. I'm excited. Anyway, um, all right. What did you think of the ending? relief that she got home yeah there is that there was there was definitely that because that tension you talked about that tension of how much worse can this get you know like you Mm -hmm. don't know so even though there's some the arm and all that i mean that's you know very traumatizing there was some sense of she was able to make it out of that she was able to get back and then she was able to go back in 1976 Mm -hmm. and have some closure for that it's never fully closed. We know that. Yeah, we know yeah. that trauma's still there, but still some sort of conclusion that wasn't as horrifying, torturing as as the rest of the experience leading yeah. up to that. So there was I actually like the ending. It kind of was like, okay, I, I I got I got through and there was some sort of it's like it's positive but not fully positive. Positive considering everything. I mean she lost a lot. They lost a lot, but she got there. I was going to say it left you feeling hopeful, but for me it didn't really. Nah. That was not accurate. It, but then I was trying to find the word for it wasn't positive. It felt – it ended It ended quickly for me, and I'm glad that she wasn't stuck in 1976. I'm glad that Kevin wasn't stuck in – I'm sorry, 1819. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm glad that they weren't stuck in the past. I'm glad there was some closure there. I'm glad there was some closure about finding out what happened with her arm and things like that. But for me, it just ended. Like there there was a little bit in the epilogue about what happened, but I think it just kind of left me thinking. Maybe there was a point to that. that I I think it was the story really wasn't over. Intent, yeah, because she goes back to talk about what what she could discover, and then it makes me wonder about the lives of the characters that we met in the past. After you know their families had been separated and sold, like, oh my gosh, we we met and fell in like like we met the um oh gosh why am I blinking on her name now I feel terrible. The girl who couldn't speak. Carrie. 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 I was going to call her Claire, and I knew that was wrong. Carrie and Mm. Nigel. Oh, Nigel. And their children Mm. and what happened to them. Like, they still had lives to endure, and I just... But like I said, maybe that was... It was a quick ending. I think there was intentional. It was good, so I liked the ending. You keep thinking... I, 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 what happened, what happened, what happened? Well, you probably can kind of piece together what happened. So it's like, I just kind of, I 
I don't even know that it was ho- positive because I kept. That wasn't the no, word. No, no, no. It yeah. can be positive. No, for you. It, can, it can be. It can be like resolved. I resolved. guess. Resolved. That's a good word. I it, like that. Dana's Dana's story felt resolved, but it also felt like it opened up so much more wounds. It's like it brought things to the surface in Dana. It brought things to the surface in Kevin in their relationship and how they're going to interact with the world today. Because, like you were saying, the slavery mentality life that still impacts today and we just so often want to just kind of forget about it and sweep it under the rug and that brought it right to the surface so for me it was just it was almost like the ending was like a whiplash the whole book was almost like a whiplash experience of like this just happened to me it makes me wonder because it happened to dana and then it's over yeah no 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 it just makes me wonder in 76 or 79 that did octavia butler at some point plan to go back to it that she didn't tie up all the loose ends because it was something that maybe she thought she would revisit i mean science fiction authors are known for their their you know sequels and and series and stuff maybe not i mean she 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 never obviously had to and it still had the impact but i just wonder sometimes if i wonder that now that you mentioned that and the more i've thought about it i wonder if this is something where she's thought about other ways to come to to finish this story you know a lot of stories though like the Better Call Saul concept, right? Mm-hmm. So you take one of the characters that you knew, and and let's let's see how their journey went, and we'll tie it back into. I wonder if that was a plan at some point. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, we'll never know. So for me, um, this book is full of. It's just like this relentless tension in this book, like thing after thing, bad thing after bad thing, just keeps happening to mm-hmm. Dana. Like, it was hard for me. I had to take, like, a really, like, day-long breaks between mm-hmm. reading Same. just to, like, process it. This is not a binge read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not a binge read, guys. Yeah. So when Rufus was finally dead and she was back home, um, it just, that there was that relief there. Yeah, relief, I think, is the word. Yeah. Relief, resolve, like, relief. Yeah. Like, she, she was home. I mean... It, and that she wouldn't go back because the one pulling her back in the first place was Rufus, Rufus. and he was gone. And so it's – so part of the reason I gave this book a three – it's a really good book. Yeah. And I think lots of people should read it um, if they can stomach that tension. Mm. Because that's why I gave it that three, because of that tension. I can't – I'm not good at processing that much tension all the time. It's like it's – like, it's not really a thriller. It's more like a horror yeah. So, and it's just. It's a horror that. Yeah. Most horror, you have the cheap jump scares or, yeah. you, you know, there's not as much surface love. You know, you don't get to know these characters. I mean, no offense, but most modern horror movies are, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're there for profit. They're there for, to, to appease the base. This is like, this, this is a real horror. This, 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 this is, might as well have been an actual account of what happened in slavery. Yeah. That's how real Reading it was. this book is like always waiting for that jump scare. Yeah. And then when something bad happens you know that that's not the final thing that's yeah. going to happen so so when you get to the ending there's that like i don't know if the catharsis is the right word Mm-mm. no but I like relief because yeah. relief, relief doesn't mean it's yeah. over yeah. yeah it just means that there's that moment of exhale oh, right yeah it's an exhale I, I think what you're saying is it was a tough read yeah it was a tough read and i get that so i think it did it did feel more like a horror yeah, because it's horrible. So like, not I, I, when I think about horror and like thrills and jump scares, I think about the. I, I saw um, a documentary on Disney Plus about 
Walt Disney and creating the theme parks. Yeah. And he said something to the effect of like uh, near death experiences without the dying is what makes it fun. And that's why it's fun to go on thrilling oh, rides. Okay. And that's why people enjoy reading horror because it's like near death experience. But this was a real experience, yeah. even mm-hmm. though it was fictional. Yeah. This was a real experience reflecting the real horror in our life. Well, not our life, but like in our, our culture, real our world, yeah. in our history, in our yeah. country. Not far from, I mean, we, we're sitting in North Carolina. The, the, these things happened in this state. Um, not as much on this side of the state, but still in this state. I mean, it also, it, it begs you to reflect upon, it begged me to reflect upon, you know, my own family history uh, yeah. and lineage. 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 Thank you. Lineage. Like, I'm not, you know, my family is not on the good side of history here. No, I'm not either. That's I mean, I had some people, like, because, you know, family legends happen. That's how it goes, you know, where, like, my great-grandmother, whom I knew and loved, and she didn't die until the late 90s, but was born in 1906, you know, she had grandfathers on either side of the war. So I have a story, you know, yeah. it, it happened. And so, like, having to, we got to come front. There that, was a I movie think. called The Help, which, when it was released, was such a groundbreaker just because you had never seen that many women and that many women of color in a major motion picture that made money. They dumped it in August thinking it was never going to be made. We look back now, 12 years later, yeah, and it's like, okay, this was problematic, right? But there's a line from it that I liked, and that was, Talking, it was the Emma Stone line talking about how these women, talking about African American women who are raising these children, talking about how we love them. We grow up, they, they, but then we grow up and we're just like our parents and we end up treating them poorly. Like, so mm-hmm. basically, in that story, Skeeter was the one that broke that cycle. So I'm proud to say it was my grandparents. My grandfather was the one that broke that cycle. I have no doubt that before him, the treatment of people who were African American, you know, my great grandmother had BB who worked for her. And she was not very nice to her, you know, and mm-hmm. this goes back. And I know for a fact on my dad's side that way, way back that there are people who own slaves. So, yeah, you you have to we as we have to deal. We have to recognize that history. Um, and it, but then I got to see the generation that broke that cycle and said, mm-hmm. this is not how we're going to do this anymore. And my grandfather's at the bank. He reached out to members of that he helped Harvey Gantt um, finance and fund black churches here in Gaston County that otherwise wouldn't have been financed because he thought it was important to help and support this because I think he saw his BB and he was the first one that was like, this is someone who I love. Why are we treating her differently just because of the color? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, you, you, you can go through your histories and you can go through all of our histories and you probably find things in your past that we get. Yeah, we, a lot of our ancestors were not on the right side Mm-mm. of history. And that's something that we, we all need to, reckon with and understand i i don't want you you don't i don't feel this whole thing of all people are going to feel uncomfortable about no it's just important that i recognize that that happened and i need to know that that happened so that we can make sure that we don't we move forward every generation Mm -hmm. and do better and do better and do better um i hope my nephew does better every and his children do better I think it's just because I'm so vain that I make things always, you know, come back to me. And that's why I was like, well, let me, if, if we're asking, you, <laughs> who is this book written for? And if it's written for me, then maybe the question, you know, how do I reflect and upon my own family history and mm-hmm. the part that my fam- family played in history? Not to say that I'm, I'm... You didn't do it, but you still... Or even that, you know, I don't have family members that... Like Rufus, I, I I loved and can also admit they're problematic. Yeah. And yeah. so it's 
it makes me think on just you bring up a question and I just I just I just start thinking. But stories like this are important because you do need to think about it. Yeah. Because the only way the only way we can move forward is by reckoning with the past. And so maybe that's part of this whole time travel thing was Octavia Butler basically telling us that we have to reconcile what happened in the past. We have to understand why it was a problem. We have to understand why it was there so that we can keep moving in the right direction and not go backwards. Mm. People want to deny the Holocaust and we have people getting shot outside of synagogues. We need to learn about those histories so that that doesn't continue to be spread. When I was hosting book club, one of the books that was chosen was the end of your life book club. Oh, and yeah, it's, yeah. It is, Schwab, Schwab yeah. 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 It's on so, my list. Yeah. It's read it. a nonfiction book. It's a memoir about a man and his mother and his mother's going through chemo treatments and the books that she chooses chooses to read during chemo aren't like light easygoing books it's really heavy reflect upon your life and your world and your community and you know hard books to read and she said something to the effect in this book of like you must acquaint yourself with you with evil you have to learn to you have to look at it you have to read it you have to learn about it in order to recognize it in your own life and i think makes makes me think a little bit about what I was saying earlier about Dana and, um, oh my gosh, Kevin, <laughs> uh, mom brain, uh, Dana and Kevin suddenly now being back in 1976 and having to look around 1976 and then cope with what they have just experienced. Oy. Just oy. Yeah. Is, uh, did she pass away? Yes. In 2006? Okay. Um, I, what I will say is this makes me want to go back and read more of her work. Give it, get a break, something oh, yeah. light, but then go back to it because clearly this is a profound author. Yeah. This is, this is an author that we should um, continue to make sure. Well, I think we have it on staff picks. I think Talisa, this is yeah, one of her yeah. staff picks. So she really liked it. And she's a bit, she likes horror and she likes, you know, she, she likes these kind of books. Um, and so we need to make sure that we, we continue to celebrate Octavia Butler and everything that she did because her legacy as much as the legacy that her literature, you know, mm-hmm. is, is um, something that we need and we need to make sure we, we continue to, to, circulate it and to, to talk about it and to put it on display and, and have other people dive into these stories because even though they're hard, they're important. So I just looked it up February 24th. Wow. 2006. So, so almost we're coming up on her. Coming up on her. Well, that's a, that's a loss. That, that was a great loss. So, okay. Um, so final question, who would you recommend this book to? I'll be honest with you. I think, this is one of those that, uh, I mean, obviously adults, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Everyone, I think yeah. this is one of those that I would recommend to anyone who is willing to sit down and hear these stories and process them. I think it's an important book. And that's why I think it's higher for me because it wasn't a great, you're right, it was a tough reading experience. Yeah, yeah. It's not something, it's not like, what well, was the Mary Osmond Rowe Christmas one where, you know, <laughs> everything happened. Yeah, everything. By the way, she has a new one coming out. We should totally read it. <laughs> Okay, it's for Christmas. Yeah, a new Christmas one coming out this year. So we should make that our Christmas one. Anyway, that one was totally a different, like that was a fun reading experience. There was no depth to it at all. But for this one, I just think it's an important book. And I think people need to read it. 
as many yeah. people as possible need to read it. Um, and I am interested in the Hulu series too, which by the mm-hmm. way, yeah. the commercials and previews for that make it the horror aspect. You, I, they definitely are doubling down on that in the visual part of it, um, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to build that tension. So. Yeah, I will not be watching that. This book was traumatizing <laughs> enough. <laughs> but I, I wish it well. I yeah, hope it no. does good. <laughs> I, I it's know. like the, was a, the I watched some of those, like I watched uh, Dope Sick and there's others that's like, I will watch it once. I'm glad I did. And then I'll never watch it again. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it, it is hard. It is hard. I think anyone who's wanting to learn and think about uh you know any of the themes race in america i think this would be a good one generational trauma Gener- yeah. In, yeah generational trauma um uh this is if you're looking for books that have that are own voices that have strong female leads that have strong mm-hmm. um uh racial minority you know black leads uh, uh Kind of like the Carmen one that we did. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many check boxes there if you're looking for those narratives because there aren't enough of them and you want to experience them. This checks all those boxes and is definitely worth worth your, your time. A yeah. very well done version of all those things that, that and the importance of it explains why those things that people are looking for are important because of mm-hmm. books like this. This this explains it. Okay. If you're wanting a book to chew on, to think about. Yeah. Okay, but don't chew on our books because yeah. they'll have to charge you for them. That's, yeah. <laughs> Except for true. the board books, moms out there, don't worry. They're chew- it's fine. Only we let metaphorically. It go. Yes. All right. Anything else we want to mention? What's oh. our next book? Um, Good Omens. So a comedy. Yes. <laughs> read the footnotes. Palette cleanser. Read the footnotes. Okay. I know. She told me to read the footnotes. Well, after the Carmen one that we did, the in the dream house, mm-hmm. I've started. I'm like anytime. She said. Yeah. <laughs> That's now I'm like sad. every footnote I'm going to be reading. I mean, I used to read the footnotes a lot when I was doing like in my history degree because it was kind of you know, like those were the sources, and then you'd have to use those sources for whatever you were doing. Mm-hmm. But but that's because I had to. So when I stopped having to, I was like, no, I'm never reading a footnote. But if I had not done that with that book, mm-hmm. oh my god, completely different experience. It would have been a completely so, different. So no, don't worry, yeah. I am all on the footnotes now. I'm I back know. on it. I'm glad she had said that too. So you had asked me my notes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Go for it. So there's a quote that I want to read real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, It's please. from the essay in the back by, uh, let's give his name. So Yeah, I know. This poor gentleman. like Robert Crossley from the University of Massachusetts at Boston. Well, oh. when he wrote it, he was there. It's a great Boston. 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 Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> anyway, there's a, a quote that I really liked. Uh, Much of kindred is a record of endurance, mm-hmm. but there are also numerous acts of heroism and humanity culminating in the act of manslaughter and self-defense that finally liberates Dana at terrible cost from her tyrannical ancestor. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it like that. By her killing Rufus, it was her... Release from this. Yeah. It was her ability to make the change of the past. Mm-hmm. It was her ability to to let it go, to separate it. And I thought it was also very interesting that her arm was left in the past because that uh, past is still continuing to impact her, though. Yeah. Ugh. She can't completely let it go. Like, yes. like Rufus couldn't completely let her go. She can't completely let go of that past that she mm-hmm. saw. Golly. Yeah. I gotta read this essay. That's the yeah, other thing too is essay. if you get essay. it, get the version that has the essay and don't skip the essay because there's there's so much good stuff. It does in there. help you process. It really it, does. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even read it, but just what y'all talked about, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's not that many pages. I'm gonna do that. Okay, so um, you asked me about 
if I had anything else to say, mm-hmm. uh, I looked it up and the Toronto Library actually has a list of black speculative fiction mm-hmm. authors and writers. Um, uh, do, 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 Janelle Monet. Yes. Uh, so uh, she is all about Afrofuturism, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of what Octavia Butler writes about. So if you're into Afrofuturism, this would be a good book for you. And isn't she in the series? Is yeah. she? No, 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 maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I haven't not. really looked into it. Okay. Or her music is definitely definitely uh-huh. hits that thing. Oh. She was in Glass Onion. She was. Really she, good was. She, she, was in, she was. She was. She so was good. magical. So she, she so did good. great. She was so good. During the second chapter, the Ooh, fall, she talks into second person. Who's she talking to? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And apparently, Butler uh, went into talking into the second person. They like, started using that. second person. I noticed it because we, in general, do not enjoy second person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that Kevin was white, and he was only 34. What a baby. Because, <sighs> you know, he's younger than most of us in this room. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> I am really impressed that Dana knew that James Monroe was president in 1815. Well, it wasn't that long ago for You her. didn't know that James Monroe was president? Can you name all the presidents in order? I can only do the first five. Really? You really can? Probably, if you give me a second. He likes history, though. Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. There's, I mean, I get no, she was a writer mm-hmm. and that Quincy she had Adams, some. Jackson, Van Buren, Tyler. No, Harrison, Tyler. Fillmore. No, maybe I can't. Crap. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I was impressed. I was impressed. I knew that one, though, Monroe. I knew that one. Anyway. Um, Fillmore was actually, and it was Pierce. It was 12. Zachary Taylor. What a. Those are the. Then Buchanan. That was a string of losers. I have a lot more thoughts, but I'm not going to say them now because it's just too much. You cannot (laughs) contain it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't contain it. You got anything else you want to say? Or? No, I'm good. Uh, this was this was definitely worth worth the read. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right. To close out this episode, I would like to promote the Gaston County Public Library's virtual learning and library portal. GCPL has partnered with Niche Academy to provide a platform for tutorials for many of our virtual resources, how-to videos, technology learning, virtual story times, and more. Just go to gastonlibrary.org and navigate our f- navigate to our full page of re- e-resources and find it under library services. All right, that's it for this episode of We're Booked Up. Kindred is available both in the library and online in the Libby and Hoopla apps. Let us know what you think of the book and what you think of what we think of the book. Just leave a comment at the off-the-shelf blog at gastonlibrary.blogspot.com or at gastonspeaks.podbean.com. Next month's book will be Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.